She took her horse to the creek because she knew that more than sleep or food, he needed water. Then would come a long sleep and grazing after that. She too needed water to end the day by washing the dirt and blood from her hair and her arms. She did not hear the war chief moving as he was silent, but she recognized his voice and, through a season of learning, his words. They have a new name for you, she heard the war chief say from behind her. She turned to acknowledge him, but said nothing. He reacted strongly. You pretend you do not, he said, but I know you speak our language. Caroline said nothing. He squinted his eyes and pointed a raised finger at Caroline's face, trying to unnerve her and see inside her. You are among us, but not of us. Caroline held his glare. What do you want from us? The horse lapped greedily at the running creek. An owl hooted to her mate. I want to hunt men. Men? Yes. All men? A few, specifically. The beast you slayed was great, he said, smiling at the fire that burned within her. But it was not a man. A thou greater than many men, Caroline replied confidently. He was, the chief said, nodding. And I see the burning inside you. And now I know you want to kill the man who gave you to me. He has more for you to raid than you can imagine. Gold and weapons and an empire which you can take from him. I know this too. This is why I sent my warriors to the maker of drugs and pleasure. So he would take them in as captives and they could inform me. And he did. And they did. They told me the treasure that is of great value, but the cost would be greater. They told me of the high walls, that we would all be cut down to lie in the dirt outside these great walls, and it would be just as it had been in the old ways, and that we would get nothing. Caroline understood that the war chief raided to fight with the world, and that the ultimate raid was one which secured a path into a future distinctly different from the past. Caroline knew of no secret entrance to the colonel's fortress, but that what the war chief needed to hear, and in her careful assessment and ultimate deception, she knew what he meant. That indeed the bison was a thou, but that man was a greater beast in some ways. She sat with her adopted father and told him the pertinent details of her plan. She told him she would be free to come back to the village after she had hunted the colonel, and he no longer lived. It is impossible to benefit from this. You will not return. There will be riches. We need none. When she was leaving and the tall wife was crying, and the peace chief knew to move on to tomorrow, he brought out the carved stick with the blood and broke it over his knee gave Caroline half of it and tucked the other half into his buckskin robe. They call you Hunts alone, he said. It is true, and as such, it tells of your past and the future. He raised his hands toward the assembling horses and warriors. You will be in conflict with all of this. He nodded his condolences to Caroline. 
and then turned and put his arm around the tall wife and led her and the others back into their tent. He and his tall wife mourned and looked to the next day and to the next season. The war chief had made a plan based on Caroline's information. He had assembled all of the warriors except for two, who he sent ahead. They would drive further south into the Mexican territories to find mercenaries. Even with Caroline's passage into the fortress, he knew he would need double the men he possessed, and because of their singular interest, the southern mercenaries were easy to deal with. Caroline, her horse loaded for the journey, pulled up next to the war chief as he surveyed the raiding party. You never speak or whisper or even think about how we go, he told her. Caroline nodded. He will be your prisoner, but we kill all others. Prisoners only make trouble. Then why did your men bring me back? They argued whether to kill you or not. But they knew I owed the peace chief a debt, and the tall wife was without child. I gave you to them, he said, as he prodded his horse into the journey. And yet you're leaving with me. The column of warriors climbed the narrow path that ran back and forth up the red walls of the canyon. When they reached the top, they poured over the lip and out of sight. Into the grass sea they went, a single column, in rank order. Caroline was last, but she was not the prisoner she had been the last time she made this journey. She sat tall, not hung over and strapped to a horse's neck. Her lashings replaced by weapons. They traveled slowly to preserve the horses, and the landscape changed little for hundreds of miles. Scouts rode ahead to look for water, their findings determining the length of their travel for that day. Most of the time they found nothing, so the days were long and the bladders were rationed. When they made camp, they would send out hunters in the twilight, but Caroline was the only one who consistently brought back food, jackrabbits and prairie dogs to the fire. Most of the older warriors refused to eat the meat she killed. Others were less discriminating, but none ate with her or talked to her. She was, as they called her, alone. One day, when the land began to undulate in the distance and rocks rose from the surface to the east, a young warrior was struck by a snake and was feared to be near death. Their column of horses stretched over a mile, so his brothers reasoned that the older warriors would not see them, that they would not need to know. They brought him to Caroline and asked her to heal him. She knew she did not have the skills to save him, but also that he might live on his own. So she told them he was near death, and that they had waited too long, that he was far away, but that she would lay her hands on him to try to draw the venom from him. She did this with some dramatic noises and movements, and afterward instructed them to tie him upright to one of them on their horse, and to stay wide of her, as she would have much venom within her and could not guarantee their safety. They rode ahead quickly. Days later, when the man recovered consciousness, they could not keep the story to themselves.
Because the colonel believed them to be northeast of his position, somewhere in Oklahoma, the war chief decided to approach him and the cascade of hill country that surrounded him from the southwest. The column never came within a hundred miles of the hills. Their destination was equally as far south and as it was west of the fortress, in the river valleys of the Sabinal, Frio, and Nueces. Among the meandering and wooded valleys, they would water their horses and wait for their advanced riders to return with the Mexican mercenaries. The waiting men would hunt the canyons for Audad and the wild goats and revive themselves and their horses in the shade of the forest and lapping of abundant water. When the warriors returned from further south, they met with the war chief and told him 200 mercenaries would ride from Mexico in four weeks. He was pleased because that would triple his force and greatly increase his likelihood of victory. He would hit the colonel from a direction in which he was not looking, with a force greater than he could expect. He might not even need the girl's secret entrance, a path he would take if offered. The image of her as a healer and a venomous snake had spread among the men. Some had begun to revere her and others wanted to drive her out. He decided to put her out of sight until she was needed and had brought her to him as he sat outside his tent and chewed the meat from the ribs of an Audad he had taken that morning. Its massive head and horns sat on the ledge behind him, the flies enjoying it in the same way he did. He motioned for Caroline to sit by his fire. He continued eating. The younger, empty heads think you healed the one who was bitten. They do. They say you pulled the venom from him with your hands. They do. He laughed to ridicule the possibility, stopping only to drink spring water from a horn cup. You know their colonel, so I ask you. Do you think he will have scouts here, southwest of him? Or will he have them thick like these flies, to the north and east of him? Caroline paused in order not to seem rash. He will have them everywhere. The war chief laughed again, gnawing and then sucking a rib bone. To stay hidden, we must kill any man who sees our path here. Yes. And you want to hunt men? He threw the bone at Caroline's feet. Some. Tomorrow morning, he said, take the empty heads who believe you have venom in your veins. Backtrack and see if he has spies following our steps. And see if you can hunt them while they hunt us. Mm -hmm.